0: have you ever had a defining moment in your life have you ever had a life experience that has come to define who you are today well for deborah our guest on the climb podcast for this episode she experienced this defining moment as a secondary school student in a small town in western nigeria
1: One of my closest friends, we had waited after school to study and um, we had two different routes, like um, we had two gates in my school. And so our houses, you know, we had to go to our houses from like the two different routes. So after reading, both of us left and she took a route, I took mine. And then the next day she came to school, a totally different person this friend of mine was like the class captain she was one of the brightest students in school very social very jovial and she came back to school the next day a totally different person she could not even look up to anybody in the highs. i'm like what happened We, we kept pestering her asking her what happened
0: and what happened to deborah's friend turned out to be one of the most awful things imaginable
1: eventually when she opened up to me i was really shocked um that she had been sexually abused right in the school compound by one of the senior students, and um, she was so afraid to tell her parents about it or to tell anyone and that I was the only person she could trust with it. But I didn't even know what to do with the information because at the time I didn't know that sexual abuse was a reality. I, I, I think I knew about it faintly, but I didn't. I didn't even think about it. I was it was real, like it was actually happening. After hearing
0: her friend's story, Deborah discovered a purpose, a purpose targeted at ensuring that what happened to her friend never happens to another girl.
1: So, um, a story really jolted me, you know, I started to find out a lot more about sexual abuse and what I found was really shocking. In fact, after that, every single day I turned the radio on, there was a news on a girl who was being abused and I just could not believe my ears. The statistics I saw online were really crazy um, that most of the abuse experience that was coming from Africa and from Nigeria. So it was the first time that I really saw that these really real life problems were happening around me and I knew from that moment that I wanted to be a part of solving that and making that, you know, different.
0: Today, Deborah has turned her passion into an initiative, a small initiative that has continued to grow and touch the lives of young girls in several Nigerian communities. And according to her, she is just getting started. Welcome to the Climb podcast, where we tell extraordinary stories of the African youth.
1: My name is Deborah Benjamin. Um, I'm a young pressing. <laughs> And, um, I like to call myself a change maker, right? Because of some of the things that I'm involved in. Um, a young person who believes in the power of other young people to make a change. And, um, early on, I realized that one of the very, very big limitations to that, especially in Nigeria, where I'm from, is violence and abuse, especially as it has to do with young people. And so my work over the years has been centered around that. I'm very passionate about youth advocacy. I'm very passionate about youth development and generally just inspiring young people to become voices against the social vices in their own communities.
0: Deborah Benjamin is a young change maker from the city of Ibadan in southwest Nigeria. She is the founder of Save a Girl Africa, an initiative that seeks to empower young people to stand against gender-based violence in Africa. Like every young person growing up in a small town, Deborah tells me she had a normal childhood, that is, until her friend's horrific experience, which changed everything.
1: I grew up in Ibadan. Um, Ibadan is in the southwest of Nigeria, and Ibadan is a very, very, not very hot blooded place, but very cool, very peaceful. Um, but very dramatic (laughs) place at the same time. Um, I grew up going to schools in low-income communities. And um, I always say that my change-making journey began when I didn't even understand or know that the word change-making existed, right? Um, I was in junior school, junior high school at the time, and the first experience I had before before that even happened was that I realized that all of the girls in my class were very laid back. Um, they did not enjoy participation. They didn't like to contribute. They were just very, you know, timid and shy and afraid. And I knew that that was not the kind of environment that I wanted to be in because as a young girl, I had I felt like I had a lot of things to share, I had a lot of things to bring to the table. So I, I didn't like the situation. So um, right there, like in my GSS one, I organized a storytelling workshop for the girls in my class after school. And we just had like this conversation. We shared our stories and all of that. And it made the girls feel more courageous, feel more comfortable in their skin, feel more powerful. And after that, they began to like really involve themselves um, in that. So, um, during that same journey, um, one of my closest friends, we admitted after school to study and, um, we had two different routes. Like, um, we had two gates in my school. And so our houses, you know, we had to go to our houses from like the two different routes. So after reading, both of us left and she took a route, I took mine. And then the next day she came to school, a totally different person. This friend of mine was like the class captain. She was one of the brightest students in school, very social, very jovial. And she came back to school the next day, a totally different person. She could not even look up to anybody in the highs. I'm like, what happened? We, we kept pestering her, asking her what happened. And eventually when she opened up to me, I was really shocked um, that she had been sexually abused right in the school compound by one of the senior students. Um she was so afraid to tell her parents about it or to tell anyone and that I was the only person she could trust with it. But I didn't even know what to do with the information because at the time I didn't know that sexual abuse was a reality. I I I think I knew about it faintly, but I didn't I didn't even think about it. I was it was real, like it was actually happening. So um a story really jolted me, you know, I started to find out a lot more about sexual abuse and what I found was really shocking. In fact, after that, every single day I turned the radio on, there was a news on a girl who was being abused and I just could not believe my ears. The statistics I saw online were really crazy um, that most of the abuse experience that was coming from Africa and from Nigeria. So it was the first time that I really saw that this, really real life problems were happening around me and I knew from that moment that I wanted to be a part of solving that and making that, you know, different.
0: Despite being motivated to make a difference, Deborah didn't quite know how to go about doing this until she came across a program called Jumpstart.
1: So after that experience, I knew, like I said, that I wanted to do something about that particular situation. But to be honest, I really didn't know how. I didn't even know anything about leadership. I didn't know anything about change making. I was just in that school with that information. And I, my friend had sworn me into secrecy and told me not to tell anyone. So I really didn't know what to do. Um, but I remember that in my third year in junior high school, Jumpstart came along. Um, and for the first time, I saw the reality of young people actually being a part of something bigger. So Jumpstart was a leadership academy that wanted to um, give scholarships to um, students about to that their senior secondary school to be able to learn leadership, learn on like community advocacy and all of that. And I was really mind blown because it was what I had been waiting for all my life, right? And I joined Jumpstart. So uh, to be honest, I, I didn't, I'd not done anything about you know that situation until i joined jumpstart jumpstart was the first was the first place i saw the reality um of the the voice of a young person and i started to learn about social entrepreneurship learn about leadership um learn about proactivity and through like 3 years i was in jumpstart from my senior secondary school um ss1 to ss3 i was really just immersing myself in that experience researching on the situation of sexual abuse in Nigeria, really just iterating to see what I wanted to do and how my solution could contribute to solving that problem. And so when I graduated high school, immediately after I graduated high school, I took a gap year um, to just immerse myself in that experience of leadership. I started volunteering for a lot of um, NGOs who were doing something in that regard, just to learn and see how that space works. And um, after that, I launched my initiative, City Girl Africa. And we really began with story sharing, you know, picnics, because I wanted a space where girls could freely share their minds, share their stories without, you know, any fear or any stigma. So we would just gather um over donuts and drinks and share our experiences. And I saw that a lot of young girls, like, saw that as a safe space to share even some of the things that they had been keeping secret and some of the things that had happened to them, bad experiences. And after that was like when I began to see where my initiatives could come in to support these girls and empower them to become not just, you know, to not just be safe and get help, but to become voices against these vices in their own communities. And that was how Save Girl Africa, my initiative was birthed, yeah.
0: So it's a resolve to ensure that no other young person is abused and silenced like a friend Debra launched her initiative, Save a Girl Africa. I asked her how challenging it was as a teenager, starting such an initiative.
1: It was indeed um, a challenge, to be honest, because I was leaving high school. I remember that most of my um, classmates at the time were preparing for their JAM exam, um, trying to get into the university, and I was there trying to launch an NGO Um, (laughs) my parents were, were like, what's wrong with you? Go to school. Um, at first, but like, I've always been that person who has been involved, like, in, you know, this kind of thing. So even, they eventually came around and gave me all of the supports that I needed. And I think what really helped me through that journey was the power of mentorship. I had a lot of people around me. Um, I'd been a part of like programs like, um, the Safe, Safe, um, Academy by Sozo Susu Networks. Um, I had attended like a bootcamp leadership, entrepreneurship and technology bootcamp by steering for greatness foundation. Um, so those people really were present to support me, to show me, I, I asked them a lot of questions. Um, because to be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't even trying to have something big. I realized that to make, to make anything happen, you have to just begin and start from somewhere. So I think that one other thing that really helped was having the support of my team members. Because the truth is, this never it's not possible to do anything alone, especially when you are trying to solve a problem or make a real change or impact in the community. Um, so I had like the luxury of working with other young people like myself, starting from like the community drums that afforded me. There were like a lot of young people who were interested in, you know, being a part of that work. Um, and I remember that I started the initiative with two of my you know, um, colleagues from Jumpstarts. And then we just started working on it together. We'll just go to schools. We have, like, talks on the assembly grounds. So for the beginning of the work, it wasn't a lot. we, We ensured that we didn't put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we wanted to focus on really connecting with the girls and getting them help and helping them become voices against these issues as well. So we were just building a community and ensuring that we didn't get ourselves into any, like, Really pressurized situation. But it was still difficult because, you know, um, I didn't have money to fund the projects. But like I said, the mentorship and the support that I just had around me from friends, family, and mentors really made a lot of difference. And that was how we're able to get the work off the ground.
0: Since getting her work off the ground, Deborah and her team have impacted numerous young people and encountered some truly heart wrenching but inspiring stories. She shared one of these stories with me.
1: One of the girls who has been a part of like the project that we organized reached out one day and shared how that um, we had visited their school, we had the projects there, and that was the project that inspired her to be able to voice out, you know, about uh, abuse experience. So she was living with her aunt, and her uncle was sexually abusing her and I'd silenced her, told her not to tell anyone. And she really was afraid of what the uncle would do to her if she you know spoke and all of that but that after the projects we had in our school she really saw that that wasn't it was just a threat and if she didn't voice out there would be no difference in the situation and she got the courage voiced out and she was able to get so much help the uncle was totally like reprimanded for what he had done like he was um persecuted she got help she was able to leave and be free and so that story every single time reminds me that no matter how little the efforts that i'm putting in that it's making a difference as long as it's making a difference in one person's life it really is the most powerful thing ever and i think every time i remember that story even in like my professional like life as a young person i'm reminded that just putting in the imputes can change everything and like we can never tell what can come out of what you have started. And so I think that's like one shocking thing. I didn't, I mean, like I was just doing it. I didn't know that my work was inspiring or helping one person out there.
0: Sexual and gender-based violence is an outrageous global phenomenon, which according to UNICEF, affects one in every three young women across the world. And with her work as a change maker, Debra hopes to contribute towards rolling back these shocking statistics and on this change making journey, Deborah has had help from a number of individuals and organizations, including Ashoka, an organization that identifies and supports the world's leading social entrepreneurs.
1: I always say that Ashoka changed my life. I always say that Ashoka changed my life because, to be honest, as a young change maker, it's very easy for you to think that you are not being recognized and that your input is not valuable enough. So I found Ashoka at such a time that I wasn't even sure if my work was valuable enough. <laughs> and I applied to Ashoka and I went through like a rigorous application process, several interviews, <laughs> several interviews. Um, for, it was It was a lot of interviews to be honest, but I think that it paid off in the end. And I was selected as one of the six young changemakers in Nigeria. And um, Ashoka, I think the journey with Ashoka became really interesting Um, in 2022, um, last year, when we were invited to Lagos, the six young changemakers, to launch the Everyone a Changemaker movement. And the Everyone a Changemaker movement is really big. And I'm really excited to be a part of it because it gives us a bigger vision. It gives us a bigger view into what we can achieve with with this kind of work. And the idea is that every single person in Nigeria, young, old, man, woman, girl, boy, has the potential to become a change maker. So while we may not all launch initiatives, while we may not all like start NGOs, it's important that everybody, you know, internalizes the idea of change making and really empower themselves with the change-making skills, like empathy, like teamwork, like leadership, and all of that, and be able to influence their immediate community. And that's what, like, Ashoka gave me access to. Ashoka gave me access to not just the knowledge on what change-making really is, but Ashoka gave me that voice to empower other people. So it's like a cycle, um, and we can keep reproducing, you know, that that experience as we go.
0: Looking to the future, Deborah dreams of expanding and redefining the scope of her work to reach more people and touch even more lives. But she identifies funding and a lack of partnerships as a potential stumbling block.
1: Um I think that in more recent times, um, one of the biggest challenge, you know, with running an injury as a young person is funding. Right. Um it's been very difficult, especially because even now, like the initiative Civigal Africa is evolving into something bigger. Um and we'll be relaunching soon, rebranding. We have like a project coming up. Um, and then you're like I mean, I'm I'm not working, I'm in school. I do a few things here and there, but then like sometimes it's difficult to fund these projects by yourself. But um one of the things that I've learned is to first of all put in the work, to put in the inputs. Um, it's not all about money. Collaboration comes a long way um in ensuring that we get some of these things done. So while like it's been challenging to get funding over the years, we've been able to do so much by collaborating with other young change makers, just like putting ourselves out, and as we grow, everything begins to align. And to be honest, I'm going to be a little bit direct here. Um Like I said earlier, Save Girl Africa, um, we launched in 2018. But in 2023, we are relaunching as Safe Africa. And that is because the vision has evolved and we really are doing more things. We want to see how we can use media, technology, and community leadership to empower young people to lead changes in their community as it relates to the problems that affect them and other people. And to do that, we are launching with a particular project called the rural impact project right because we have seen that there's a trend of um sort of leadership exclusivity to schools in the urban areas or schools like that are, that are more fancy and we want to see how we can bridge that divide by taking this kind of education to schools in low-income communities because i think back and i don't know what would have happened if jumpstart didn't come to mount Olivet grammar school in just somewhere somewhere in the in the inside of Ibadan right so the Rural Impact project is a youth-led tour with the conviction that leaders are everywhere and that is very important for us to reach every community rural or urban to equip young people to live out their full leadership potential and so like the the it's called the Treats project and we really will be touring schools in Ibadan that are in rural places like Moliti, Bodija, Bodija Markets, um bury these schools and we would be equipping young people um with the leadership education in their indigenous language so um i really am looking forward to getting partnerships from um already existing organizations um especially for funding because we can't we we have like so much um in stock but then we can't do much without like financial support and all of that um I also like really just want to collaborate with other people if you are a photographer and you just want to come and tell the story of what's going on we are we are very open to that so we're open to both individuals and organizations who would love to collaborate on this project because I think that it has potential to really 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 revolutionize the leadership you know space
0: Speaking with Deborah had been a fascinating experience her change making journey and her exciting plans for the future are beyond inspiring and i cannot wait to see what comes next but as usual on the climb podcast before i let her go i asked her what she would say to other young people looking to commence their own change-making journey
1: first of all i'd like to start by saying that young people are very powerful and young people have the potential to change the world young people have the potential to make a difference in their immediate communities and in the world at large. And I'm very, very, very honored um, and excited that I found my power as a young person early enough. And um, I really, really am looking forward to every young person in Nigeria owning their own power and owning their voices as young change makers. And one thing I would say is that it's not a do or die affair. Um, to be honest, sometimes a lot of young people. A lot of us we, we complain and we're like, why am I even in a country like Nigeria? Why me? Why am I here? <laughs> I ask that question every day. <laughs> where was I not just born in America or born in some other places where the living conditions are better? But the truth is I'm here, like this is the reality and we have to face it. And it's not a problem that needs to be solved only by the adults or only by the governments. It's a collective effort to make our world a better place, and so to every young person, um, who is looking forward to being a part of a of the change that is happening, I would say that first of all, believe in yourself. Believe that you have something to contribute. You have the power to make a difference. Young people are so powerful. We have a lot of energy. We have a lot of ideas, and you know, vibras to be able to contribute and bring to the table. Um I think one of the biggest, you know, initiatives leading that right now is Ashoka because um, as a young change maker, I am on board of the stakeholders who are making this difference. So Ashoka like has like this board of that includes the government, include private you know organizations, includes public organizations, and also includes young change makers, so everyone has sort of like this equal stake and we are all able to contribute so this is just to say that as a young person, your voice matters, and it's very important that you believe that your voice matters. so I'd say first of all, believe in yourself, believe in your power to make a difference as a young person, and also it really begins by having the hearts for change making um like Ashoka does and says, Ashoka has this toolkit for changemakers that says that you are a changemaker when you have certain skills. So there are certain skills like empathy, um, teamwork, leadership, and collaboration that helps you when you have those skills, you already are a changemaker before you even do anything, before you launch an initiative. Having those skills already makes you a change maker. The ability to put yourself in the shoes of other people, the ability to see something and say, this is not supposed to be this way. I can contribute to making it better. That's where it begins. That's really where it starts from. So first of all, believe in yourself and somehow empower yourself with these skills. Um, There are several ways to do it. You can go online, listen to the stories of other young change makers I like these skills and just begin to walk in their power, to be honest. And also you can find initiatives around to begin, um, find organizations or just people who are doing um, the things that you love and the things that you like to be a part of and just begin to volunteer or learn because i I did a lot of volunteering you know at the beginning of this journey i still volunteer um for initiatives that i believe in and that i think i want to be a part of so find like initiatives or people around you who are already doing things like that and just walk um change making is not about the fame it's not about the 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 um Things that you can get out of it. I mean, you will get a lot out of it eventually if you stick to the journey. I've, I've, I've gotten so much from change making. But first of all, it's about the real work, the real impacts that you are able to create. So you just find those people, work with them. And along the journey, if you think that you have an idea or an initiative that can solve this problem, talk to people about it, get mentors, and eventually they'll be able to put you through that journey of starting something. And you never can tell where that thing can go. It can can blow up, it can really, really make a difference in the world. So I think to every young person listening to this, you are capable of making a difference. You just need to believe, internalize change-making and the skills, find a community where you can really contribute to and solve the problem. And if you have anything you want to start, start, just start. Get support, get mentorship, and you are on your way to become the biggest change-maker in the world ever seen. Thank you so much.
0: This episode of the Climb Podcast was hosted and edited by Jewel Atterdor-Bright. Special thanks to Deborah Benjamin for allowing us to tell her story. The Climb Podcast is a podcast collaboration between the Channels Media Group and the Firoz Lalji Institute for Africa at the London School of Economics and Political Science. Thank you for listening.